Hi, my name is Tara Humphrey and welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management and leadership trainings and lessons learned from leaders in the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. In this episode, I interview Dr. Serena Chibber. Serena is a GP and a co-founder at My Local Manager, and in this interview, you'll get a behind-the-scenes look at how My Local Manager got started, Serena's approach to business, and during this interview, she shares some practical tips, some advice, and how she juggles motherhood and her professional life, and some book recommendations, and she's just a huge inspiration to me. I really hope you enjoy this interview. I also just wanted to say at the beginning of this interview, you may hear some banging and shuffling. Um, apologies, it does fade um, as the interview goes on. So I hope you enjoy it and I'll see you at the next one. Hey, hi, Serena. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. Thank you for having me, Tara. It's really good to yeah, catch yes. up. So we know each other. We got introduced um, by the kind of famous Ben Gowlin, yeah. um, who hosts the General Practice podcast. And a few of us decided to get together and what we called a mastermind. We met kind of online every few weeks to discuss and share ideas around how we can progress our kind of health related businesses. So that's how we got put in touch. Yeah. And during those interactions, I learned that you were kind of a GP by day. And then on the side, you were growing this business called My Local Manager. And I thought it'd be really interesting for us to discuss the build, the process of building that business whilst having a, a very significant day job. Yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So how long have you been a GP and whereabouts do you work? Where do you live? So I'm based in southwest London and I've been a GP for about five years now. So I kind of qualified in North London. Um, I was living in kind of West London. And now I've set my base up in South West London um, with my family. Okay. And what does your family look like? So my very lovely husband, is a, he's a GP partner. And he's also co-founder of My Local Manager with me. And I've got two amazing kids. Um, they're four and six. So really good age, full of energy. And so we've got a full life. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what made you start My Local Manager? And can you describe to our listeners what, what My Local Manager is for those people that don't know? Yeah, so I'll share a bit about kind of what made me start it and then kind of what it is, really, I guess, because that's the order in which it kind of developed. So I finished my GP training and I decided because I had um, one small child at the time and I knew I'd, you know, kind of have another one soon, I really wanted to work quite flexibly but I also wanted to work locally and I quite liked the idea of being uh, able to work at a number of different practices, have that flexibility, but also have that continuity as well. So go to familiar practices and get to know the patients and build up my experience. And I also was very keen on developing a portfolio career. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. I just knew that I really loved spending time with my daughter and, you know, and then you know, when I had my son as well, and that I had a number of skills outside of seeing patients that I really, you know, really kind of engaged me and, and inspired me and was a creative outlet. And I really wanted to kind of maximize on that. So in kind of putting this career together, I realized that actually the financial management of your locum work um, was one of my real pain points, as well as the support side of it. So that could be support from an educational point of view or from a financial point of view, 
about an accountant um, I, you know I needed a mortgage a year later after working as a locum and that in itself had a lot of challenges so I wanted to create like a digital tool that would really empower locums like me or portfolio GPs like me to work the way they wanted to but to really manage all that administration from like putting my pension forms together to collating my tax so it got to October and I just had my son and my accountant called me and said, oh, you know, January's coming up, your first tax bill's due. And he told me how much it would be. And I then had a panic because I said, I've actually spent all that money. And he said, oh, you know, you've got to pay it. You can't just, just say to the HMRC, I'm sorry, you know, I can't, can't give you that today. Um, and then I really started panicking. He said, well, what about like, have you tracked your mileage? What about like um, all your business expenses? Um, have you kept track of the pension contributions because that's tax deductible? And I was just like, you know, it, it was really way over my head. So then followed two months of a real stress really, me and my husband going through every single receipt, going through my handbag, looking at all the things that I, you know, had bought for locum work and that I could expense. And after that, basically I saved 10 grand off my tax bill just by doing that. So obviously I, I realized the importance of managing all my finances properly but then my husband said why don't he's very techy and he said that why don't we just create you something really simple and effective that will just do all this for you because you're busy you've got two kids and um and I thought yeah great sounds you know brilliant and that was the beginning of my local manager so then then what happened so your, your husband built this platform so what we did was we designed it. So we designed like what are called wireframes. So that's like the real kind of blueprint of what the site would look like. And he's, my husband's really keen on coding. His name's Matt and he's really keen on coding, but it was going to be quite a big project. And he was working as a salary GP at the time. And we had um, a newborn baby and my daughter. So we decided to team up with um, this tech firm, um, which were like us, kind of just starting at the time, but now they're 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 massive, and um, we worked together. So they coded it for us, and we mapped out the site. And and did you have so if you'd like done an MBA or a business course, you'd start off with a business plan and your projections and how much money you would need and what people are going to be doing. Did you do that? No. <laughs> No, I didn't. The way, and actually with a business, yes, definitely you should do that. And that's a really sensible way of doing it. Um, to be honest, I didn't realize like how big it would get. I didn't realize that it would grow as much as it did. And I think um, I really drove it from, this is my need. And I know from talking to all my friends that are working as GPs, they also have that need. So it will be a really useful system. And so we kind of did it from that point of view initially. And we had an idea like, okay, we need this many people on the site to kind of break even. And then, you know, we need this much money to then help reinvest it to do all these other features that we want to do. And we launched it with what's called an MVP in the, in the business. So a minimal viable product. And we, that was our test bed really. So we kind of got traction just with that. And then we've kind of built and built and built. And I think this year is, probably our biggest scale of build really um that we're doing so we did it in small chunks and we did like a small test bed first and and now we do we do have a business plan and we do have projections and we do have all of that um 
because now we have a proper business <laughs> at the time it was just an idea and a concept and it was really it was just I mean still it's so much fun I just I love meeting all the GPs that use our system like I'll bump into them at courses and conferences and I love the fact that we had we had no marketing budget and when we were doing the system you know we didn't know oh you need to allocate this much for marketing you need to do this we didn't know any of that but I am so grateful because all the GPs that came across our system and used it were really championed us, championed me, championed Matt, recommended us to people, said to their other locums, like, yep, no, use the system. You've got to use it. And, and that's how we grew. And it's that goodwill and that support. And they constantly feed back and say, do you know what would be really good if you do this? You know what would be brilliant if you do this? And it was that support that really got us here with it, really. It wasn't projections, it wasn't having a board and you know, being driven by profit and stuff. It was actually your everyday GP. A lot of them are mums, um, kind of a lot of them kind of felt a benefit from using the system. And they really have got me and got MLM or my local manager to where it is today. Do you employ other people or work with other people? Yeah, we do. So we've now we've got so we've got our tech team in place and we've got our small team who allocate kind of different parts. So we, what we try to do is where my weaknesses are or where Matt's weaknesses are, we've tried to really get in people that can um, really support those. And the other thing is like, so the mastermind that you and I did, just like, you know, the, the primary care community is full of such talented people and just yeah. getting their input and their suggestions and things like that has been immensely helpful as well. Excellent. So how have you, so you work with some pretty significant parties, some of those being your association with NHS England, the RCGP Plus, Pulse, and they're just to name a few. How have you secured those partnerships? Um, I think, so one of our key partners, and actually they're more like family than, than partners, is um, Red World GP Update. So um, they are, like for me, they're a really inspirational company because they are, they really focus on supporting GPs with education and CPD. And they were actually our first ever like partnership. And we, we've kind of helped lots of locums and lots of portfolio GPs and lots of mums tap into their resources. And they've also like, really helped support our GPs with lots of education and working well and working safely. Um, and then, yeah, the others came. I think, again, I have to say, it's. I wish I could sit here and say to you, oh, yes, I'm a business strate like strategic mastermind and stuff like that. And I do think about strategy and I do think a lot about where's the value. And I think that's constantly what I ask myself when it comes to my local manager, when it comes to what other people are doing or what other partners are doing. I always ask, so where would be the value for the GP with this partnership? And by unpicking that value has led to those partnerships because it's always been a win-win for both sides. And it's been a collaborative project whereby actually working together has meant that the GPs that, that, that use our system or are, are part of a membership like the RCGP, for example, get to benefit from, from that partnership. So, um, and also I'm a GP, you know, I do the day job day in, day out. So I understand from my, my members point of view, where, where I could add value. Um, and I also use the site as well. So I kind of benefit myself from that. <laughs> do, have you, have you ever encountered any negativity or anybody saying, 
We've got this locum workforce, but actually what we need is sustainability and to support continuity of care. And we need more salaried posts in general practice rather than relying on locums. Sometimes they might drive, you know, drive up the costs are very expensive. Have you, do you encounter that? Do you know what's been really unique about my local manager is we actually support the opposite to like a locum agency or a locum kind of um, kind of recruitment system. So we're really proud of the fact that we've got probably one of the highest conversions of locum to salaried posts from our system because what happens with our system you end up kind of creating your own bank of practices and your own kind of working pattern and you might work for the CCG, you might be an appraiser and you might be doing these other systems, as, um, other shifts as well. But then when you've been working regularly in a, the same cohort, often you find one of those cohort is a good match for you. So, and what's been nice about our business model is it's actually meant that we've grown further because those salary GPs will carry on doing some shifts at their other places or their portfolio work but they, you know, carry on recommending us. And for practices, they see a massive reduction in the administration that they often have to deal with, with um, employing locums without the intro fees or the booking fees or anything else that they encounter. So actually, we've been really championed in, in lots of ways because of that model. Um, and I think, like, there, there are probably negative connotations to locum work, especially for practices that are really struggling to recruit long term and all they want is like to take on a few salary GPs or a few retainer GPs that will provide some continuity for them and their patients and I can completely appreciate that you know if they have to have a different locum every day then that's unsustainable financially but also practically it probably doesn't fit their needs but our model is very different um, and it's all about those relationships and continuity um, with the flexibility. Okay. What's it like when you when you said you kind of bump into GPs at conferences? What's it like when you enter in, you walk into a large conference room um, and people know who you are and that you are the founder of this amazing business? How does that feel? Um, I, to be fair, I still feel like Serena, the mum of two, rushing around, school round, then going and doing the business stuff. So, um I just, everybody I meet, um, they often just say, you know, they'll, they'll say really lovely things. Um, but we just have, honestly, we just often talk about the day jobs. We talk about like GP stuff and they talk about how the systems help them. And that for me is like, is such a rewarding feeling. Like it really makes me feel very warm and I feel quite valued actually. I feel like, oh wow, I'm actually doing something that my fellow colleagues are finding really valuable. So it gives me purpose. And it just makes me feel like I'm doing something very worthwhile and I feel very humbled and I often am like, are you talking to me? <laughs> you mean? Oh, you do mean me. Oh, wow. Okay. I've asked you that question because the conversations we've had and I sometimes think you don't, you don't see yourself how other people see you. Do you think of yourself as an entrepreneur? No. Tara, I was picking up Weetabix off the floor this morning. <laughs> Do entrepreneurs do that? Yes. And then I had this like massive like phone conference with this. I can't tell you yet, but I will tell you like off air at some point. But massive company afterwards, and I was literally just thinking in my head, I, like I hope the kids don't kick off. I just <laughs> holidays. So 
Do I feel like an entrepreneur? No. Do I feel like a GP that's found her groove and feels like she's doing something really useful? Yes, I do. Is there a trend? I know lots of GPs that run a business. And when you were training, or were in the very early days, was it ever a thought? Did you think, oh, I'm going to be a GP and I'm going to set up a business? There's lots of people out there that do so that you've got, you are portfolio GPs. But he, and run a business do you know i think when people go into general practice i don't necessarily think that they do think that um but what happened to me was i was work i was training a gp trainee and then in my st3 year so my last year i had my daughter and i had a year out and that was the first year out i'd had from gp work medical school and I did spend that year of maternity like doing lots of baby yoga and baby massage and stuff like that. But I also, for that year, explored a lot of interests that I'd had, which I just hadn't had the time or I really hadn't um, really nurtured. I'd been so busy trying to get through the next exam, get onto the next rotation, apply for the next thing. And that year out meant that I got to explore all these other interests that I had and also made me feel when I had to go back to work and finish my training... And I had to leave my daughter. Like I found that really, really difficult. And I didn't think I would because I was so career focused in the beginning. And I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll have my daughter. I'll have my mat leave. Then I'll arrange like childcare and then I go back to work. But it just didn't happen like that for me. And I just, um, I, li- I found it really difficult to leave her. And then I just thought, look, if I'm going to work, I've got to really be loving what I'm doing because I'm leaving this little thing that I love spending time with to go and do a job only to count the hours to run back home again. And that's, that switch really kind of started to make me think, well, what do I like doing? You know, what, what am I good at? Like, what would make me feel like I'm actually doing something valuable alongside seeing patients? And then when I had that situation with finances and needing that support, etc., and my local manager started to take form, for me, it became that outlet for, for that flexibility, for that kind of kind of finding my groove and contributing back but feeling a bit more worthwhile in what I was doing Mm. so I think with general practice the beauty of general practice is there's so much flexibility in it whether you're a partner or a salary GP or a locum it does give you the platform to do everything else and more so my the co-founder of the business is my husband who's a partner and he obviously comes in at his with his partner's hat on and looks at kind of how the platform can um, support practices so one of the things I really like about you is you're really, you send me what you're reading. Yeah. Um, so what are you currently reading and what book would you recommend? Well, I have two on the go at the moment. So I think the one I recommended you um, a little while ago, oh, Go For No um, by Richard Fenton. I had the what title CEO and in it. The Road Less Stupid. Yes, The Road Less Stupid is one of my favourite books. And what I really got from that book is at the end of like, I think at the end of the chapters, he'd be like, go away and think about it and really advocated thinking time. And I think lots of people feel that they don't have time for thinking time. And um, it was really, really key. You need to be able to take step out of whatever you're doing go for a walk, get a pen and paper, discuss it with a friend or a colleague and really kind of your um, review and reflect on why you're doing what you want to do, how you propose to do it rather than just sometimes you do need to just get on and do it. But sometimes you do need to step back and think and plan and strategize. I love that book. 
Yeah, no, it's that's that's also one of my favourites. And I think listening to it, I often thought, oh my god, I've done that. That's a bit stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I wasn't supposed to do that. Now I found out. But I also, yeah, I loved it because it allocates, it shares with you principles, and it also gives you that that it's okay to have time out. It's okay not to know the answer and to think about it. And, and what are you reading now? Listening to? I'm listening to so it's not a business book but it's very good for mindset and I think for really appreciating um just appreciating the everyday so it's the untethered soul by Michael Singer and it's just a lovely lovely book um and the other business book that I'm reading which a good friend of mine um Matthew Draycott recommended is um Reading Gazelles by Dan Bradbury You'll like that book, actually. Okay. Yeah. Sailing and about efficiency and about taking over the world. <laughs> when thinking about mindset, yeah. what have you learned about yourself in growing this business? So I actually think my biggest lessons have come from starting this business just because it's really required. And I know you and I have spoken about this in the past as well, like, it's really required me to dig deep a lot of times and really kind of become a very different person to actually who I was when I started the journey. So it required me to develop a lot of self-belief, to take like compliments, but also take feedback as it comes and not be like, go and cry in the corner and be like, oh my God. <laughs> be like, okay, no, I see your point. Yeah, okay, I'll do, you know, to kind of develop that strength. And also to... I do think, like in all honesty, I think if you're a GP and you're doing lots of different roles, so it could be portfolio roles, but it could be running your business. I think it's, or you could not be a GP and be doing lots of things. I think um, one thing that I've had to really work hard at is not losing sight of what's important. So like my day to so my children and my family. And I think sometimes when things have got really busy and there's so much going on, that's been like that's been my challenge to think look there are more important things. you know there are really important things and you know that everything has its place in my world but I can't let like one thing just take over and I've got to make time for me so it's taught me it is teaching me a lot still actually but I think I'm a lot stronger and a lot more confident I've just gained so many skills like you just really have to put yourself out there when you do stuff like this and how do you bounce back from either like a mistake or negative feedback? How do you, when your confidence is knocked, what do you do to just think you kind of go to bed, you discuss it with your husband, then you've got to wake up and you've got to face those people or face a situation. How do you do that? Chocolate, Tara. <laughs> a lot of chocolate. But aside from that, one thing I do, so I, I do talk a lot to Matt about you know if something's on my mind and I'll say to him oh look what do you think but I also obviously because we're married as well like I don't want to bring a lot of that stress back into our home life so what I have started to do is things like the mastermind group or I run it by people that I work with so I just say to them look what would you do in this situation and before I would never have done that because I wouldn't have wanted them to think oh my god like you know she's invincible like oh you know there's a you know but actually now I'm very honest I say look what would you guys do in this situation? Because this is throwing me a bit. And it sounds really silly, but I also like, you know, with my kids, they do teach me a lot about what's important and kind of really just about things that matter. And um, I remember my son, Aiden, I was talking to one of my friends about this, 
business challenge that I had. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure what to do because I would love to do this other thing, but I don't know if it really works. And, and he walked in and he was like, mummy, if you really love to do something, it's always the right thing to do. And walked out again. Why, thank you, my little four-year-old with your insightful things. Now put some pants on. <laughs> so the way I deal with it is I've got better at reflecting. So rather than react, which is what I would do initially, be like, oh, my God, I've got to do something to solve this. Now I just sit back and I run it by a few people and I, I really think about it for a bit and then I kind of, then I respond or then I, I plan. And there's no such thing as failure, there's only feedback. So if something happens and it's a bit stressful and I wasn't expecting it or whatever, I just take it as feedback. Now that I let that whole thing of like, oh my God, like the world's going to end go and I look at it as, okay, well, what does this mean? and what what am I going to do about it, it gives me a bit of a different perspective. Do you see the future of my locum manager just getting bigger and better? So I have to say, like, everything with with MLM has been a real surprise, and that's been really nice. I didn't have any expectations with it from the beginning of, you know, what it would be and how it would grow and what it would... i just kind of gone on this journey and just seen where it's going to take me. I think this year is probably our most exciting year um, by far, not only because we are... Um, I think we've really now established ourselves amongst our, our GP colleagues and, um, and we've taken on their feedback and now are launching lots of exciting projects over the next few months. But also um, with that, um, with those partnerships that you mentioned, we've had a number of new opportunities to come by to explore and do things very differently to how they've been done. And I'm looking forward to seeing those kind of come into fruition and see where that takes me. Will you always be a GP, do you think? I don't know, actually. Just because I've always had the mindset that you have one life and it's so important to fill it with lots of different things. I might take time out from GP and, and do it. I mean, if it is my career and it's something I've trained very hard to do and something I really do enjoy doing. But I think there's always going to be room in my life. Okay. And my final question is, what one piece of advice would you give to somebody setting up a business in their healthcare space? So I would say um, that... It's so important that if you're building a business, look at who you're building it for and listen to listen to them and their needs because that will really shape your journey and help you provide the most value. Thank you so much, Serena. I have to get you back. I could talk to you all day. Oh. <laughs> right, where's my chocolate? <laughs> no problem, Sarah. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having me. What I loved about that interview is Serena's honesty, her mindset of growing a business, how she has developed, how she's worked out what her strengths are, how she is building a support team around her to help progress the business. I love the fact that she says she's learned about herself, how to reflect before she responds. She is very mindful of her target consumer at the heart of her business and it's all around how is this going to bring value to the GP and she doesn't lose sight of that which I think is fantastic. I love her take on like the beauty of general practice it gives her flexibility and the freedom to pursue so many opportunities 
Um, she really goes kind of above and beyond to build that support network around her and having the mastermind groups and mentors and just asking people, taking on board people's feedback. And I think when we think about the business of healthcare and all the elements that make up the business of healthcare and what Serena does on a day-to-day basis in looking at her finances, tax, expenditure, human resources, competition and developing strategic partnerships um, like the one she has with Red Whale. So there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed that interview. She's really funny. She's super chill. She's super approachable. And hopefully you've got some insights on what goes on behind the scenes at My Local Manager. (laughs) 